my emotional and psychological investment at this stage is is so serious that you have to give me return on investment Ramps. Why did it have to be ramps? Oh my god! My real Well-known to all the developers. Wow. Every part of the game is crap. <laughs> what were you doing? It's I'm the one that called buggy, unplayable mess. This is bullshit. Wow. Listen to the audio. Starring is cancel wow. Twitch chat is going crazy. Nice meltdown. Star Citizen Argcast, episode four of season three. What's up? This is your virtual captain. I'm sitting here today with two guests. I have with me Bucha of Sunk Cal- Cost Galaxy fame and a new guest, Star Citizen Tech Talk. Do you have any other alias you go by? Uh, Death Valley uh, is my in-game mod. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Uh, tell us your Star Citizen story and tell us what you're up to these days. I, I see you're very... Tell us about your YouTube channel. You've been very active recently. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, basically, a uh, bit of a backstory to myself. I joined, uh, I wanted to join in 2014 uh, and then um, got a bit spooked uh, by a couple of things going on with the development. Ended up joining in 2015. Uh, within the first day of uh, actually pledging, I had uh, ADI, uh, which is, uh, for those of you out there that don't know who ADI are, Atlas Defense Industries, snapped me up pretty quickly. Um, went through them, realized it was quite totalitarian, so I moved off uh, onto test. Um, long story with test, moved on from test, uh, got my own org set up and then became a roleplay org and started writing my own law. Um, from there, uh, had some pretty negative experiences from the backlash of uh, leaving test uh, and um, uh, dealing with some pretty toxic uh, people in the community. I personally on my channel call them Star Skitsians uh, and um, yeah, so on and so forth. Long story cut short, uh, I thought uh, it got to a stage where I actually had to put a report into CIG in relation to the toxic behavior in the community. Uh, that report went on deaf ears at CIG Thanks, Craiglin, just saying. Uh, uh, so what I did is uh, I w- decided to get up the YouTube channel set up and uh, just start talking about the, the truth, facts and evidence and reality uh, of the, the, the community that we have. Uh, moving on uh, from so- solid 12 months, this is actually the uh, end anniversary uh, of when I actually joined uh, YouTube last year. And uh, here we are now at the end, uh, final documentary going put up uh, on the back of uh, what seven, eight episodes uh, in relation to the Star Citizen issues in the community as well as the game itself. Um, a lot of hate, a lot of salt, uh, but you know, the truth's the truth and the truth hurts. So, yeah, uh, the final uh, video I put up to yesterday was uh, the final end of the series for Star Citizen uh, and a completion of all of the findings, research, and evidence that I found over the last year and um yeah um a fitting end i think especially in relation to what beach is going to talk about in <laughs> relating to the whole valuation thing and the delusions of grandeur element of the end of my video yesterday well well thanks for joining us here today uh, yeah um it was actually virtual captain that uh pointed out uh, your youtube channel to me and uh, i mean uh, I, I guess in the sort of like, oh, what what does this guy have to say about me? It was actually pleasantly surprised. I was sort of like, oh, wow, this is a person that 
as a big body of work. And so I look forward to actually diving into that body of work uh, later on this month. Well, yeah, I saw you, uh, Death Valley, I saw you posted like an hour and a half video today. I didn't get through the whole thing, but, you know, you're, you're uh, you know, s- seeking the truth. And that's uh, a bit of an elusive task sometimes with this project. Yeah, a bit more than sometimes. Um, what I this final video, it was a documentary based on uh, everyone else's opinion that other YouTubers have made. Uh, there was no uh, someone had written on Reddit to me today that I had taken credit for other people's videos and not mentioned their links in in the description below. If people actually watch the actual documentary from the start, I. I very clearly state it's not my work. It's just uh, what the rest of YouTube is saying compared to what I'm saying and just to ratify everything I've said to date. So uh, it is long, yes, but it is the final in the series. And the just for those of you that are going out there in the audience, please, there are instructions below the video that state clearly do not skip any of it because it all ties up in, in the final statements as well as the value add at the end of the video. So, yeah, um, I thank you very much for having me on the channel, guys. Uh, it, it's The problem with the truth is that, well, the project hasn't been exactly very transparent since, what, 2013, 14 onwards? And that's, that's the reason for my um, angst as well because I did come in at a time, as I said before, where well, basically got shot through the knees um, a couple of weeks after I joined the project. So, and then refunds got taken away, which we'll discuss obviously coming up. Yeah, I mean, I would probably say that twenty mid twenty fourteen hey, was can't a hear big me right turning now, but point. I am working on the mic for volume. Star Citizen. In I don't terms see any. I'm at I guess the type of information now, that was so being put out. Let me know. Sort of like from twenty twelve to before the turn in twenty fourteen. I would probably say that the information was 90% genuine coming out of, you know, uh, you know Wingman's Hangar. Uh, even to an extent, like, uh, Ten for the Chairman was at least honest while I was uh, there and uh, keeping tabs on it. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And, you know, you talk about, you know, finding the truth. And also, I got to say, you know, I am envious of the fact that you have ended your Star Citizen chapter and are moving on to other things. Whereas me, I am barely, I am not even halfway through my Star Citizen story. I have a long way to go. So I'm envious of you. You've, you've, you've had your story, so to speak. Yeah, I've, I've just, I guess, uh, tried to compress it all uh, into digestible content for the most part. Um, there are a couple of very long episodes, but you know, uh, through the purpose of what they are, they had to be. Uh, my, my intention is just to, I guess, um, get to the external community and just tell 10%. them the truth of what they're buying into if they do it all. That way they have transparency from at least us YouTubers uh, and people from within the community Thankfully, about the actual toxicity that we are dealing with. Uh, I just uh, looked on uh, one of the Discord channels I'm on today, and this is a bit of a segue, uh, in relation to uh, a bunch of people going around um, making beer. people bow at their feet well, and beg for forgiveness and ask uh, in front of their own org to um, beg like that uh, they get left sequence. alone by these griefers in, in the on the servers now uh, 
I'm speechless to the point of the toxicity and the the lack of, you know, gentry that we have left in in the community at the moment, especially playing the actual game. And that was the saving grace that I've always enjoyed is the majority of the time people mm. actually in the game aside. Yeah, um, they were always decent. Not anymore. It's it's exceeded uh, extended. Sorry to that level within the actual verse itself, and that's why I finished my story because. Uh, I throw my hands up. I'm sick of it. I'm done with with the um, the narcissism and the the evil behaviour. For what what purpose? What end? Is this just form? Dad's gone to some extreme end. I mean, where did how did this end up happening? Is always a it's a question mark that I still haven't been able to answer. This is my concern too. Is how how did this come around? Like, yes, you've got the Star Citizen subreddit. Then you got the refunds Reddit, and it's like day and night with those two different Reddits. It's oh. it's like that's happened within our community on a gaming side now, though. And uh, you know, the, the, there's a good chunk of normal people in the community, uh, but they're now locking down and and shutting down their you know Discord servers as well. They're not shutting them down, but locking them down like I have, just to not get involved with the drama. And uh, and everybody else is now trying to go, okay, well, we're frustrated because we're bored. We would have caused trouble. So we're going to take it into the verse now. And I think that's what's happening. Now, it, you, you talk about, uh, like, a venting of frustrations. Um, in this case, or, sort of like, you know, uh, sometimes it is the venting of frustration or if it's very targeted griefing. And specifically to the point of the in-game behavior, which I think... You pointed on sort of being a breaking point for you. Normally, when I see sort of the Star Citizen videos, it's, you know, a whole bunch of team-ups, you know, hey, that's me and my friends, let's go to... Let's go to the planet, let's go to the moon, let's do, like, a buggy runoff, and it seems innocuous. Now, that's a very... That's a very framed experience, but... What about the general experience uh, in between those memories, so to speak? I personally, from a, a gameplay perspective, uh, I have set up and run Flight Nights with ADI as well as Test, uh, and that's part of the reason why I left Test. I didn't, uh, Montoya tried to stop it, downright shut it down. Um, I believe, look, the miniverse we had. Honestly, yes, it wasn't wonderful. I reckon if they had just stabilized that, put OCS into that, and then just made us wait while they built everything around it to date, I think most backers, including myself specifically, would be more than happy as, uh, you know, uh, I won't swear on here, but um, happy as can be. Because at the time, you can still run flight night, you can still run training. Uh, the fact that at any stage they broke the flight and targeting mechanics and uh, arena commander mechanic that's when i think the community got upset now i mean you know expletive upset because what we had worked at least it was something that we all trained on i spent um what two years uh first year on a sixteen thousand m ground that down into the ground i've had to service that thing twice i bought a second Thrustmaster sixteen thousand m the fcs orange and black version that's actually now due for a service that's kind of the hours i've put in and now i can't even do that because the, everything's broken and star marine oh my god a, a bit of uh scatterbrained uh 
focus with you've got all these different modules that nobody really asked for it's almost like uh anyways i have my own thoughts on that but they could never really focus on any one thing could they well this is uh what uh you know butcher said in his video you can't uh, be looking at two rabbits at once and try to catch them both simultaneously, you'll end up going home hungry. That's Star Citizen right now. That's Chris Roberts' uh, delusion, uh, delusions of grandeur, and he thinks that he is that good in his... So I guess uh, more specifically on sort of like uh, the, uh, the stability of the PTU, since this is where... Mo where you did a fair amount of work on your end, as you said, you know, like training or like org nights and stuff like that. And, and I guess, as you have said, the instability of the PTU drove a lot of people either away or mad to do the griefing stuff. So what is it specifically about the, the griefing or just like the toxic community that actually seeps into the actual gameplay that you've witnessed? I think what it is, it comes down to um, personal interest in other people, in other orgs. If you don't like somebody, you're going to take a very personal uh, approach towards them. I, uh, you know, if I had never been harassed by the organization org and test because I left test, you know, I copped all that grief. That's the whole reason why it happened. Right. If that had never happened, um, I believe that, uh, especially in the PTU or the PU, uh, depending on obviously the patch releases, uh, my my crew, my my uh, squad uh, would have easily been able to, you know, take out any detractors or any troublemakers. My my organisation is specifically about security as well as border patrol, as well as um, you know. Uh, providing safety for everybody like gosh read read the history read the uh manifesto um that's what we do we we ensure people get from point a to point b safely and we guarantee it 100 percent. that's the whole thing is that my guys were getting on when i wasn't getting on because i'm in australia and a lot of them were in america or europe and um they're not you know and they were going through training still not all of them were black squad elites they were you know some of the red squad which is advanced but they weren't ready for um squad leadership uh or tactics you know actually teaching people uh or training people directing people in how to uh you know uh strafe around or um come in uh from a different uh, different angle you know um what do you call it? I can't think of the word right now. How embarrassing is that? Flanking. Um, and, you know, set up your target. Uh, they weren't trained for that yet. That's what the Black Elites were for. And at the end of the day, I think it comes down to everything you just mentioned. Uh, and more importantly, I think it is just there is a very young element of the community that are treating this like Fortnite uh, and other games of the like where you just troll people uh, and grief them because... That's what you do in games these days. And this is, I think, a generational cultural issue with Star Citizen as we speak because of the lack of development uh, and the lack of accessible space that we don't have. Hurston, you know, anyway. Um, so that, that's the problem. There is a lack of content for young people to stay engaged in. And this is an instant gratification generation we're talking about. They're not getting that. So they're turning on the actual other players in the game and, um, you know, uh, 
it, ruining the experience of what Star Citizen is. Star Citizen is technically aimed at adults. It's not aimed at kids, but unfortunately, a lot of kids are buying in where they're borrowing, <clears throat> inverted commas, mum's credit card uh, to get in or, you know, they've, they've come from a wealthy family um, or inherited the money. Yeah, it happens with grandparents. But they're, they're buying in for all the wrong reasons. And this is what I've discovered is most of the people that will grief you in the actual PU are young people. Uh, especially with what they write in general chat in the um, now, in the PU uh, as well. One thing you mentioned in your YouTube channel is you you tell people to get help, and as as funny as that is, who are you dire- who are you directing that to? What what are you seeing that's okay. causing you to say that? Okay, so the whole thing is it's it's not a personal stab at any one person. Uh, if you look at uh, the psychology of gambling, uh, you look at uh, poker machine addiction. Right. Okay. So, um, I deal with troubled kids as a teacher. I, I'm. Uh, I, I've uh, lived in the corporate world for God, twenty six years of my life. Uh, I had enough of the incompetency and stupidity at the executive level. Uh, I myself was a senior executive marketing manager myself for a uh, conference company, the world's largest. Uh, and um, you know, when people are elbowing people in the reds when you're doing a presentation, oh, my God. So I got out of that. Um, I took a sabbatical and I took a lovely uh, holiday up to a place called Nelson Bay on the um, mid-central coast of New South Wales in Australia. Gorgeous, called Port Stephens otherwise. So you can check it out on the map. It is absolute paradise. It's uh, like a mini Hawaii. Um, so I took a sabbatical. Um, I actually ended up being a restaurant manager for a restaurant for a while because I could not work, uh, not not work, sorry. Uh, and then I, I had to look at my life. Um, I had tourists come up from Sydney and then I thought, holy crap, I was that angry and stressed out and, and no time to get anything done and everything's on a schedule and mm. all this money I'm spending for what crappy accommodations. I went, okay, I have to have a reality check. So I spoke to family and friends and they said, look, you have been training and teaching and educating people in the workplace for how many years? Why don't you do that for a job? Oh, okay. So then I went through uh, what we call over here, our college is called TAFE, uh, and uh, I investigated becoming a trainer and assessor is uh, the teaching qualifications that you get, and then you've got to do the qualifications you want to teach, which I've gone and done. I've got four cert fours and two diplomas, um, working with children to check the whole bit, right, all, all the political garbage that you've got to get as a teacher. I've been teaching for over five years now. I have uh, had some amazing rates of success from my learners, um, mostly at college, uh, as well as dealing with domestic students, unemployed people, and dealing with people who are at risk. And this is where my conversation comes full circle. Sorry, virtual captain. Did you want to talk? Oh, well, that, yeah. Without so I guess let's myself, get to the full I, I also work with uh, gambling addictions and sorts. And uh, I was just wondering what element of the Star Citizen community do you see that that is displaying symptoms of gambling behavior? Is it is it ship buying or something else? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's exactly what I was getting to. Thank you. Uh, very clearly stated that uh, this is a project. It is a Kickstarter project, and it is a gambling exercise to begin with. There was no guarantee. There was no promises uh, that have been kept. The uh, the fact that refunds have been removed um, has locked us all in. It's the addiction 
to ship purchasing. I got caught up in it. And I have anywhere I've only ever gambled through a poker machine in my entire life is $5. I got $15 back and walked away and bought a couple of beers. I got caught up in it. For the first time in my life, I got marketed. I know the marketer getting marketed. This is how good Chris is, though. Uh, he, he is a master manipulator. I got marketed. I went and spent a stupid amount of money buying ships in the game. And, uh, and as at, at this stage, uh, I have heard some really sad stories of people uh, through my channel, especially in the comments, people that have put in $10,000 or more and they are so heartbroken. I, I actually remember, I think it was actually said in one of my videos that I actually went four and a half days without food because I bought mm. my Harbinger. I, that's, that was my wake up. I bought the Herald after, but that's when I was, you know, back in the good money again, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and the Herald was a specific purpose, uh, use case. So uh, that's when I woke up to myself uh, and I went, okay, I, I've even purchased something I still, to this day, uh, do not have. Uh, the Harbinger has still not been released. Uh, and that's how, how many years later. Yeah. So um, the gambling issue is, is the psychology of addiction. Uh, and when people get too far down the rabbit hole, as I've done with this video, uh, you, you become lost and complacent and confused to understand why why are you not being looked after i've spent so much money i've helped you so much my emotional and psychological investment at this stage is is so serious that you have to give me return on investment you have to why are you doing this it's like uh, a child with uh, and this is what i talk about people at risk it's like a child that had a very poor upbringing with their parents. Now, I'm not relating it to Star Citizen. I'm relating it to the case scenario. And the, the father... can ask real fast. You talk about sort of like the addiction of buying spaceships. Now, it's something that we've not so much touched upon as we've hinted at in the past talking on the Yardcast, is that sort of the addiction of of buying a you know a new concept ship that comes out sort of like uh let's say like uh th this uh the vanguard that came out you know the 250 dollar spaceship back in uh 2014 2015 i believe sort of like oh the you know this is the super fighter to end all super fighters and you're also you know, you're also helping like support development and it's sort of like, I oh, I can get the best of both worlds. Out. I can support the game I love, and I also get the best fighter available on the market. And then years later, it's outclassed mm -hmm. by, uh, what was it, the Saber Raven that comes with the Intel Optane SSD, which, from what I understand, out still outclasses all, all right, fighters point, that have been put in the about? game. But you had to make a separate purchase for that, and now you're left with, Oh well, it's because I didn't spend enough money. I mean, is there some validity to this kind of addiction? Uh, I, I guess a, a reinforcement, so to speak. Fear of loss. Mm, uh, th okay. This it—it's it, that simple. Uh, people fear that they will never be given the opportunity again. This is the way that ship store works. We know this. Um, it's the fear of missing out on the golden egg. This is yep. why the Legatus pack for $27,000, I almost swore to apologize. Um, th and that, that is insanity uh, by proxy. So 
this is the thing. We are we are betting on people's insecurities, um, the need to have instant gratification, the need to have uh, have to be seen as relevant in the community or have position and, and placement within a community. I have everything, so you know I have position and power to make statement over you. This is the whale issue as well. It's an emotional and psychological predisposition towards, as I said in the end of my recent video, delusions of grandeur. Uh, you know, delusions of grandeur can spread across a, a wide range of audiences, and it's that also that feeling of freedom. I think the psychology of freedom. Oh, I've got that now. I got my fix. Uh, at the same time as I know I can go out and do those missions and not have any problems because it saves me having to grind for three months to get a ship which is still below the class of one I bought to then get through that mission set uh, easily instead of grinding and dying heaps and so on and so forth, even though it's LTI, blah, blah, blah. It's the assumption of value in something which currently has no actual value to it or uh, purpose or use case or anything other than what Chris Roberts says and the position in which it's marketed. Uh, and that's that's when I, you know, I switched off. I went, oh, God, okay, all these ships, uh, all these ship sales, all these uh, movies, videos, uh, trailers we were recording for ships, all the marketing videos. I went, uh, starting to get a bit of vomit in the back of my throat. This is getting uh, way on the nose. Uh, and I think, Beach, you said that yourself. The, the ship videos themselves are a bit on the nose as well. It's, it's too much, too much. Uh, and unfortunately, people already caught up in that purchasing cycle, uh, in the marketing funnel purchasing cycle. So we found, from a marketing perspective, our audience. We've targeted our audience with an actual uh, asset-based marketing campaign. We've then uh, drawn in more people through negative uh, feedback from the greater media sector, and that's actually been flipped by Chris to be a positive, to then um, just just continue to drip feed. And drip feeding a gambler is the worst thing you can do. Just think someone's sitting at a poker machine and they're putting a dollar in, a dollar in, a dollar in, a dollar in, and then jackpot, jackpot. Oh, no, oh, it's going to happen next spin. That's where people are at oh, in the ship buying cycle, especially like for capital ships at the moment. It's the psychology of need where there is no need. There is want where there is no need for want. It's I want because not because I'm actually going to be able to use this for this specific use case in the game and how I'm going to play the game and within my organisation, etc. It's I want it because I, someone's going to ask me if I have it and I, I need to show face. Uh, I want it because dopamine. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is from me being on the inside and advising some marketing tactics. I mean, I feel bad because on one hand, you know, it's the right thing to do on in a company marketing sense, sort of like right. Yeah, in the in the corporate sense, it's sort of like this is going to bring in this is going to bring in the money that we need. It's going to pay your salary. Well, it's going to pay the salaries of the of the people working on it, and it will pay dividends for me once the once the product is released. This is a good thing. But then, yeah. in hindsight, on the on the back end of this, in hindsight, is sort of like we have like like CIG has really roped in people to buy everything that they sell. I mean, it's kind of I'm astonishing trying to think how deep the hook has gone. 
And I'm trying to think if, like, if there was any ship that was an absolute bust of a of a sail, and like the only thing that I can think of is possibly the uh, the Mako or what was it called the the ship that that has the spinning wing. Uh, the, the oh, one that has the space news van uh, variant. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember off the top I of my you were head. Talking about the spinning or minor thing. Yeah, the Sentinel, uh, the Warden Sentinel. Um, that was just a massive waste. So yeah, I mean, it, it's a case of you know these ship sales have done very good, and like this year, um, there were 20 ships. Across variants and uh, and like a, like a new variant for the Mustang, a new variant for the Connie, uh, and like new ships basically with their variants, like the the Hundred I and whatnot, and that comes out to one point five or one point six repeating ships a month sold, and these ships were sold for a long time. Uh, I did the math recently. Like last year, they did. Um, 153, uh, like 150 days of of things that were on sale that were new. You know, things that aren't on sale the entire year. And this year, they by a hundred days. So there were three more months plus of something new on sale that isn't on sale any other time. And they really stretched that out. And they're also pushing very hard at it as well. Uh, the oh yeah, no, the, these were way more expensive this year than last uh, last year. Like last year had like uh, the the Knox, the X One, uh, the Rover. Those were sub one hundred dollar purchases. Now I got some of them were in... okay. Um, outside of you know the external marketing, is there anything internal that you've noticed, or does it just kind of take a life of its own? The marketing aspect of pushing. You said you they push it really hard. How does that manifest? Yeah, okay. Uh, Beecher, did you want to take lead on that? And I can uh, kind of... Re- oh, I want to hear your opinion first. Okay, so um, from what I've been reading about and uh, seeing in other YouTube videos and other uh, other external YouTubers also and forums that don't participate with inside the community, there seems to be quite a trend in relation to the re- retainment of management and staff um there seems to be an extremely incompetent toxic environment in in which everyone has to uh survive in at cig um the the ultimate problem i see from the toxicity perspective is you never work with friends or family yeah these guys have done kept it really in the family and i believe that internal conflict is then flowing over to the actual staff uh i believe chris and sandy have arguments like any married couple does and then sandy vents to the staff instead of back to chris because Mm. the passive aggressive relationship aaron tries to stay out of it but at the same time aaron also well he's got the same genetics as chris he's a bit of an antagonist so i believe that it's to keep it in the family i don't believe there's any professional separation i believe it's too too close to home for all of them the fact that chris hasn't got anyone overheating him uh he, he asked for it at the end of wing commander four guys he asked for it i'm not making statements about what should happen he asked for it himself 
he should have come into this wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and realised he needed to be overheaded from day one. So we technically would actually have Squadron 42 uh, as of, I'd say, the end of last year if he was overheaded, at least the first chapter, yeah? Uh, and SC maybe 2022 uh, by the time it went to beta. Beta, sorry, um, I'm, I'm Australian. Mm-hmm. I think... So, I think from that analysis, that is fairly on point from what I understand, from my own research analysis and what I hear from sources myself. So <laughs> that's pretty on the nose, you know, that's an applause for me. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible that if it is true and, you know, everything we're saying here is kind of just for fun, we're not trying to take down the company or anything. Uh, if it is true, it's kind of funny that you were able to figure that out from the outside. We'll see. <laughs> I'm a teacher. <laughs> it's my <laughs> job to know this stuff, right? Um, and at the end of the day, it, it, it's uh, reflective of all of the research I've done. Beecher, you've you've probably done even more research than me, right? Uh, a huge amount more than me, and you and you're you're more on the inside of the industry. Uh, I'm a teacher. It's my job to uh, actively observe, uh, use active listening, and question everything to make sure that I am finding best practice for my learners. That's my job. That's my my life purpose is to get it right and get it right first time. Uh, one thing I was taught by one of my major mentors uh, in the business world before I actually have my now um uh, academic education mentor who's probably the most highly regarded woman in the country uh who happens to be friends with my mother right work that out anyway um do something do it properly do it first time do it professionally or just don't do it uh let somebody else step up and do it for you because you are just making more work for somebody else that doesn't need to be done chris roberts captioned yeah i would probably say that is Probably rule number one is sort of like, don't make more work for someone else. Chris Roberts lives to do that. That is, that is pretty accurate as far as what, from what I understand too. So, for, so for like, so the separation from Star Citizen on your end, sort of like a, a breath of, uh, of relief for you and. It, it, while this is ongoing, you're doing your YouTube series about reflecting on the toxic community, about what's going on, uh, your views from the outside. Um, I guess what uh, so what is the final story that you've told as far as your experience? All people have to do is put down their wallet open their eyes, read, learn, listen, and watch. The reality that is actually out there isn't the reality that anyone at CIG will ever tell you. At the end of the day, it's your hard-earned money. It's your dream that we all want to happen so desperately. I don't want to move on from Star Citizen. I want Star Citizen to be the goddamn best space sim in history. I wanted to blow the crap out of the water. The AAA gaming market is in free fall. Am I correct? I think I'll it's go going through yes, some problems, yeah. 
Okay, so the fact that the AAA game companies are totally stuffing everything up and everyone over with all the EA stuff and so on, I won't go into detail. Uh, we all know what it is. Um, the fact that um, these indie developers all over the place doing Kickstarter are crashing every day, it's, it's in the most recent video, um, and hundreds and thousands of dollars are going missing every day, CIG is literally no different. It's just too big and it needs to be put under control because at the end of the day, we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, we're talking about a lot more, which Bucci will go into in great detail shortly, I'm sure. Uh, and this is this is the difference. This is insanity, financial, fiscal irresponsibility at a criminal level. And um, there has been no accountability. They have removed uh, all of our rights to be able to obtain the truth, facts, and evidence that we all seek. Even the whales who don't want to really hear about it know that if they actually had got to read it, they'd know the truth themselves, and that's what scares them the most. And that's why, as we are saying before, these community members are becoming so aggressive because they're angry as hell because they feel they've been short-served. I'm sure we all do. Uh, the fact you can't refund and the fact that the fiscal mismanagement is of a criminal level at this stage and the the, the chart uh, that we got, maybe um, you can bring that up for us, Virtual. Um, Which chart that, are you talking that about? Chart, uh, the financials chart. Why not show them my video uh, as well? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll pull that up. Thank you. Um, that, that chart specifically alone um that that shows zero transparency that shows uh, a, a round numbers exercise at marketing there is no i think the, I, I think the guys over at uh, the guardian and frequency put it very succinctly when they said it's a car sales brochure right thank you right oh, beautifully eloquently said sir thank you this is the problem if we actually obtained a full fiscal breakdown report uh, of expenditure, overheads, costs, um, wasteful spending, company spending. An audited one, yes. Correct. We would then see the actual atrocious misbehavior of the management in CIG. So many of the overheaders left because they saw this happening back in 2013 already and then they stuck around for a while and they went no i can't be part of this criminal activity anymore i'm going to go to jail eventually uh, the u.s government uh, the uh, ris or irs irs sorry i'm an australian um is going to audit them uh and europe uh is going to audit them as well in their european offices eventually the truth's going to come out and eventually um people are going to end up going to jail from within cig that's that's how history has repeated itself with every other business in history. Why would CIG not be also accountable to the same laws that the rest of the world is? Well, it's because they're doing something that's never been done before. <laughs> but it's still a breach of law. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's my whole argument is this God syndrome, this delusions of grandeur syndrome, Chris thinks he's untouchable uh, at this stage. And that's frightening um, because, you know, if you actually watch any of my video, you'll see that it's a predisposition to schizophrenia, bipolar or Alzheimer's. Um, I don't think Chris has Alzheimer's. I think he might have bipolar. Uh, 
uh, not that I'm a medical doctor in any respect of the word, but he's definitely not schizophrenic. He's he's too well thought out and too uh, personable uh, to be a, a textbook schizophrenic. God, I've worked with enough of them in the industry in my life. Um, but yeah, I, I do Guys, believe I want to give he, us, he, uh, ten minute warning here, just because we have file size limits. Okay. Roger, I'll I'll um I'll wrap it up there and I'll let Butcher continue on with his And we'll get to some uh, of those financial topics here in the next episode. We'll do one more. You guys good for that? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I mean... sorry, Twitch Chad, I need to yell into the mic for you guys. <laughs> I guess for me when I look at like uh we'll leave the financial stuff for later. If if we're talking about Chris personal. Now, over the course of over the course of Sunk Cost Galaxy, and over the course of finding out who Chris was, according to other people, and according to according to the metrics of success, I have actually come to the conclusion that Roberts isn't so much doesn't have a god complex so much. I think honestly. Roberts is a bit of a rube. He's a bit of a stool pigeon. Um, that it's less about, you know, I'm right, and like everything. I, I'm, I like. It's not like I have the Midas touch or I am the greatest, greatest visionary in the world. I think it's more a case that Roberts is surrounded by enablers that don't have his best interests at heart, and that has been a bit of i don't know i gotta push back on that a little bit i mean okay how many projects have i mean he's gone through this kind of thing a few times it would appear to me are you saying the same enablers are around all three times or however many times it is i think it's more of a more recent case right now because from you know, from like or from origin to digital anvil, Roberts was you know Roberts was competent in the early days in his early days of origin. You know, up through Wing Commander three. You know, I'm just gonna say just, he was competent and he was a pretty good code monkey. Uh, you know, he was uh, he was part of the team that developed the Wing Commander three engine when it was uh, Strike Commander at the time, and that's what they developed on to make Wing Commander three. So I'm not taking away his accomplishments from that. Agreed. Roberts was a sharp cookie, but then what happened was he started to be enabled by ambition, and people started to say, "Yes, you can do this." Now at Origin for like Wing Commander four, kind of innocuous, was sort of like, well. The past success of our FMVs obviously show that we should probably invest more FMV because that's what people, assumedly, wanted. And then we saw the sale data uh, from the U.S. side, which is a pretty good metric to judge on, uh, to say that yeah, the uh, Wing Commander Four fell on its face. It did not meet uh, expected sales goals, and especially on the U.S. side, it didn't cover the cost. And then from there, uh, Roberts had a fear of being leashed and that's why he broke off from uh broke off from ea and origin to make digital anvil and then at digital anvil he was free to do whatever he wanted and that's when bad when bad influence and enablers started to creep in that's when sort of like the idea of 
oh, you can also do movies too. Now, I'm not saying Robert Rodriguez was an enabler. Robert Rodriguez really wasn't there. But there were people within the movie industry that says, oh, this guy wants to do something. I wonder if he can do something for me. And that's when you start to see that enablement that may, that makes Robert's promise more and more and more because these other people say that he can do it and that he should do it. And then you get to the Ascended Pictures things with uh, production. You get Ortwin, you get the... You get that uh, Jason uh, Schumer uh, fellow that are still with him on the on CIG. They said, "Oh, you can do this. You can be a successful producer, or when especially and when it turns out that oh, you can you can be a funnel for this questionable money coming in from Germany that I'm distributing. Questions about it? Just you can be a producer, and then that movie industry experience hasn't really." helped him understand what's the bad enabler and now he's surrounded by a lot of yes men after kicking out you uh death valley you talked about sort of like don't work with your friends but the the best friends that roberts had were uh you know people like eric peterson rob irving martin galway people who are who were pretty good in their professions that could bring Uh, chris roberts in if i was quickly very short interruption yeah, I'm talking about non-professional friends, your family, your mates. You never work with them. If these okay. are industry friends, they, they're qualified and skilled on their own merit. When we're talking about working with your friends and your personal family, no, that's the no-no I'm talking about. Okay. But now we're kind of... I think Roberts is surrounded by those elements of the, of the, of the quote-unquote non-professional, or at least sort of like he's hired people from within the movie industry, but that's more of a case of that's where he wants to be. And those people aren't exactly experts in the video game industry, but they're experts in the entertainment industry. And now he's being enabled by those people that are giving bad advice or at the worst sinister advice because it benefits the person more than it does the project. And so, again, it's a case of I think Roberts is more of a dupe then he is a god complex. Agreed, agreed. Sinister uh, advice. At the end of the day, no one in the movie industry wants the gaming industry to have this level of fidelity and interactivity. Foip. Got me. Mocap, whole industry goes down. So, I mean, god god complex or not, it, it does look like from the outside or perhaps from the inside, willingly, that Roberts can do no wrong. And it is something that early on, when I was an investor, that was a golden rule that I set for for the marketing for videos and whatnot, is Roberts' exposure has to be limited because he has to be infallible. Hmm. Because, it, because specifically, the more Roberts talks, the more he promises. And if he can't deliver a promise, then he becomes wrong. So, you, so, he is, so his responsibility for what goes wrong is limited by design. Humility, though, is key to success. Uh, yeah. Being wrong is how you become right. Einstein himself said, for every 100 times I get something wrong, I at least get it right once. That's Einstein saying that for Christ's sakes. Uh, sorry, Christ Robert's sakes. 
Well, with that, we uh, better move the rest on to the next episode. I'm going to cut it here. Go ahead and give me your outros, guys. I am Virtual Captain. Stay buckled in, please. On Citizen Tech Talk, stay with the truth. And I'm Butcher. Uh, Stay with uh, the ground. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time. (laughs)